the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, take a look at the market numbers. What we have here is the S&P 500 is up 9, the Dow is up 74, NASDAQ is up 9. Consumer confidence is the highest point since August. That's one of those pieces of breaking news out there. It's reached its highest point since August on the strength of a brighter view of the job market and business conditions. This is frustrating because we're getting a lot of mixed messages out there at this point in time. So I think uh, we're seeing some slowdown numbers in emerging markets, which we're seeing as a problem. We're seeing... um, some positives as far as trends go in the job creation market, some negatives as far as long-term trends. And it's also very, very, very slow. What mutual funds should you be buying right now it depends on what where you're buying them. In your personal account, in your retirement account, in your money saving for a house account. Again, we are all very different creatures in the world of investing, so I hope... Uh, where you're able to acknowledge that and say, okay, okay, I'm with you. Um, tonight, we're going to get a government speech from President Barack Obama, State of the Union, and there'll be a lot to parse from it. Can he do anything on his own? Does he have to work with Congress or not work with Congress? It's going to Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. How are you, Patrick? Hey, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thanks. So I'm seeing a lot of... Um, Mixed messages out there. New home sales yesterday, awful, blamed on the cold weather. Durable goods, awful today, blamed on the cold weather. Uh, what are you seeing out there as far as economic activity goes, and who are you blaming on? Right. Well, I think you have pretty much hit the nail on the head as that there's a, just a lot of mixed messages, even um, you know outside of the economic realm. I mean, in terms of you know any of these emerging markets, supposedly you know they're not doing great. And the developed markets are doing better. You know, U.S. is okay. Europe is great. You know, I mean, it's it's really kind of a, a screwy environment right now. But specifically to the data, uh, you've got some yeah some noisy you know reference points. I mean, beginning with that uh, December employment report we got, and uh, it it does kind of you know give people. Uh, reason to sort of just take a pause here and 
And when you get caught in those environments where you're, you're just left to wait and see what the next report brings, you tend to get this, you know, some volatility and some chop, and you just need to, to, to you know, be patient, essentially. And we don't have a, a clear line on, on things as they relate to um, – uh, the overall message of the economy coming out of, you know, December and into January. But, you know, what we're going to get probably in these next few reports, unfortunately, is some more noise because a lot of it is going to be blamed on the weather on the weather when you get disappointments. Um, and so, you know, we may just be stuck in this, this sort of this mode of looking at every piece of data with a grain of salt and wondering, you know, what does it actually mean for the Fed's, uh, you know, tapering program. Should President Barack Obama declare a war on the polar vortex tonight? <laughs> well, as a resident of Chicago who was riding his bike to the train station yesterday and about 10 below, I'm all for it. You know, I will definitely uh, uh, back him in that effort to uh, declare war on the polar vortex. Fire up the vac- factories, get the coal burning plants burning again. <laughs> right, exactly. So taking a look at Apple yesterday, um, that's a stock that it's not quite a tech stock and it's not quite a consumer stock. As a market analyst, do you have any opinion on how we should be looking at a company like Apple? Well, the thing, you know, the, one of the things that struck me when when Apple reported and you saw the big drop in the stock price and everyone was like, you know, uh, kind of like we don't get it, you know. It's a really cheap stock, right? It's um, uh, got so much cash at its disposal, and it's you know when you factor that into the you know the P multiple, it's even cheaper, you know. And yet the stock still went down forty bucks or so. And it it, it dawned on me that um, you know I have seen reports you know over the course of the last year or so that I think you know Apple is also one of the most uh overowned stocks in terms of you know mutual fund holdings right and so everyone's in it so to speak and and you have it butting up against these uh remarkably high expectations uh that are are pinned on what Apple has done in the past, right? You know, it's, you're looking at past performance as a guarantee of future results. And unfortunately, you know, the bigger these companies get, the larger the numbers become, the, the harder, the higher the hurdle rate is to really get over those high expectations. And then on top of it, you have, you know, added competition. You know, Samsung's not just sitting there letting Apple, you know, take share, you know, readily. And so the problem, we think, really as it relates to, to Apple is that, you know, while it's a great company, you know, unfortunately the halo effect of Apple isn't shining as bright as it once did. Um, we know that it's got the iPhone, the iPad, the iPod, but everyone's waiting for that next great thing. And when companies are really put up against such high expectations where every product they release is going to be a home run, um, the slightest whiff of profit margin erosion, uh, you know, market share erosion, and people begin questioning whether it really, you know, is not just a cheap stock, but perhaps a stock that could be, you know, dead money for a while, if you will. So what else are you working on right now, Mr. O'Hara, that we should be looking at that maybe is the next shoe to fall or a positive? Well, one of the things I'm going to be uh, exploring here is, is, is kind of fits more in terms of the, the long-term investment realm, right? And we, yeah. we've heard a lot early in the new year here, uh, particularly over the last week, about you know an emerging market 
crisis that may be developing. And, and the question becomes, you know, are these emerging markets still a good investment opportunity, right? Um, you know, you have, uh, you know, the emerging market ETF, the EEM, that's, you know, fallen, you know, well off its high, but has it fallen enough? And does that create a, a, an opportune time for investors to start dipping their their feet into the water, if you will, in terms of trying to reallocate money into those emerging markets? And, and where I'm leaning toward is, is suggesting that it's still – there's still too much noise surrounding that that area right now, so it probably does behoove investors to wait a little bit longer. But but still, at the end of the day, these emerging markets they're not going out of business, right? They're going to be there for the long haul. You have an emerging, you know, middle class in those countries that are continue to provide good opportunities for U.S.-based companies catering to those needs. And we think we're getting closer to a point though where it does make sense to begin reallocating into those hard-hit areas, um, you know, under the simple rule of, you know, you buy low and you sell high, right? And you follow that sage advice from Warren Buffett that, you you know, you buy when others are fearful and you sell when others are greedy. And we're kind of getting into that mode of where everyone is really fearing the worst as it relates to these emerging markets. Uh, and you can get some emotionally charged selling that, that makes things look pretty ugly for a short period of time, but also opens up an opportunity to uh, to reallocate money there for the long term. With that said, is there any thought that maybe emerging markets are too much of a roller coaster for long-term portfolios? And I think what I'm getting at is I saw an ETF conference, uh, some notes come out of it this weekend, that ultimately there was no gain in the last 10 years. If you started 10 years ago to the date on this one emerging market fund, that all the gains were wiped out by the volatility um, and the costs. Is there any thought that you were looking for, like, maybe a different solution, maybe a, a, a cheaper index, a lower cost index, or maybe uh, a fund manager who could be a little bit more nimble, get in and get out. Yeah, I think that's probably what it boils down to is more active management as it relates to these emerging markets because, you know, currency flows are so relevant and important. I mean, it's just it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, okay. When things look dark, you know, you get those outflows and everyone's you know, starts to hit the panic button and, and you can see, you know, some nice gains dissipate in a hurry. So I, I think that does make sense that you kind of like gravitate more toward active management as it relates to those emerging markets. And at the same time, knowing that risk, you know, you don't have a, a you know, a significant overweight in terms of your investment portfolio in those markets. But, but it behooves one, I think, to given the growth dynamics that are still existing there that, you know, you still maintain a, a smaller position, certainly, uh, to give you some exposure to those markets. Thanks very much. That's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. We get into it once a week, Tuesdays, 7.30 Pacific Standard Time, talking about the markets. Um, Briefing does a great job. You should follow them on Twitter. I think you should follow them on Facebook. Um, I think you should try out their services. Uh, There's multiple levels of services, some ranging from very basic information, uh, not basic information, but, you know, more of a basic tier, all the way up to a professional tier. Um, I've used it each day the market's been open for roughly 17, 18 years. Um, it's one of the very first Internet companies that I remember getting content from that it replaced the fax machine in my industry. You used to have to get up and read faxes to see you know, the breaking news, breaking stories as they were done nationwide uh, because most of the information just couldn't be contained in newspapers. So briefing is good, solid information. I think you'll like it if you try it. They do independent live market analysis of the U.S. international equity markets. 
Some days my question's a little bit better for Mr. O'Hare. Some days they're a little bit worse. So goes the market. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.